welcome to Books with Bradford, where we talk about, you guessed it, books. I'm your host, Mrs. Bradford, and today we have two amazing guests. Jackson. Bass. Okay, and what do you guys teach? Math. Speech. I was trying to get us to do it at the same time. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Now, one of the things I wanted to do today was have two of my very best friends on so that uh, I can show you guys that not only is it just English teachers that read, but also people who, um, you know, teach speech and math. Numbers and letters, you know. That's right. We read. We talk and stuff. <laughs> we can English. <laughs> <laughs> now, today is also a very special edition because it is the Halloween edition. And so we're going to be talking about that a little later. But um, at the beginning, I want to talk about your favorite books. So let's start it out. What is your favorite book? Yes. Well, I don't really have a favorite book because I like books. So some of the series that I have that are some of my more prized possessions on my bookshelf in my living room are uh, the Aragon series by Christopher Paolini, uh, Lord of the Rings, of course, Harry Potter, got to throw in there, (laughs) duh. Um, And I actually have a lot of the... um, Oh, I can't remember the last her last name now, though. But the one who did like um, the Clockwork Princess, and it's Cassandra Clare, maybe. I I like literally just looked at all of those for some reason, um, and I can't I can't remember the name. Yeah, it, it's something like that. Well, I have I have all of them. I have the Infernal Devices, and then there's another series that I can't remember the the Infernal Devices. I think was the prequel. And then there's the, the series that's like 100 years later. And I have both of those. So, But there's I'm really into series. If it's mm-hmm. a series, I love it. My bookshelf is full of series because I don't ever like the story to end. You just wanted to keep it on? Yes. There's a book series that my brother told me about that has like, uh, it's like called the Wheel of Time series. Ooh, and, and, and there's like 20 books in the series. Oh. And he's read all of them. Oh. And he's like, they're so good. You should read them. I was like, I don't have time to read 20 books. I know. But like, not till summer. Time, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Not even then do I have time to read 20 and but and they're like seven hundred pages. Of oh, pop. yeah, okay. they're huge, and he loves them. And so, there's another one for you. Wheel of Time. Okay, Wheel of Time. Okay, Jackson. So I used to read like a lot of uh, fiction books when I was a kid. Uh, I loved The Hobbit, of mm-hmm. course, and the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, I read the Tarzan series by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Okay, and that was really interesting. It was kind of like it's, it's older, but like it was really entertaining. And uh, those were the ones I'd read on like long trips and stuff like that. There are like a gazillion of them. You wouldn't imagine like how, how many different places Tarzan could go. But <laughs> yeah. um, but now I've, I've done like a lot of like nonfiction. And so, um, you know, I obviously I'm Christian. I read a lot of the Bible. But um, I've read um, one of my favorite reads is The Prince by Nicola Machiavelli. Oh, yeah, uh, and that. then Plato's Republic mm-hmm. um, probably is like favorites. Uh, also, uh, Sid Artha by uh, Herman Hesse. German, you know, dialect. <laughs> uh, and then <clears throat> and then also um, there are just some um, uh, biography books, self-help books, stuff like that. Uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. And then uh, pretty much any leadership book by John Maxwell. I will, I will read and just try to like pick up things that I can use to be able to help myself out. Because, you know, as teachers, we got to be able to like keep ourselves uh, sharpened and uh, being able to uh, being able to know how to handle things better. So it's kind of what I read. Okay. So were you a big reader back in school, like uh, more, well, elementary school and middle school and high school? 
Were you a big reader? So in elementary school, I was a huge reader. I was really into R.L. Stein. I was read the good so movie. many R.L. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, I actually got in trouble because one summer I was reading four of them a day and my mom was, ha- we, she wouldn't take me to the library. I don't know why. So she was having to buy these books and I was reading so many of them, like she was getting onto me. Uh, of course, once I got to high school, I got a little busy, too busy to read, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started reading again out after I got out of college. But yeah, in elementary and middle school, I was a huge reader. Yeah, I, I was too. So in elementary school, I got into any any of the Blue Bonnet books. I always like tried to go down the Blue Bonnet list or anything it was like a Caldecott winner or a Newberry winner. Um, my teachers would just like throw books in front of me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I tried to, I tried to take them in because, you know, when you're in elementary school, you're trying to impress everybody around <laughs> you, like the teachers and stuff. So you just read what you can. So uh, yeah, I, I loved, I loved reading when I was a kid. I actually, a couple of Christmases ago on my Christmas list were some books from when I was a child that I wanted my children to be able to read, like Flowers for Algernon, mm-hmm. um, A Wrinkle in Time, yeah. and yeah. On, Many yeah. Waters, Swiftly Tilting mm-hmm. Planet, A Wind in the Door, that whole series, um, Night by Elie Wiesel. Mm-hmm. Some of those good ones I read when I was younger, like you were talking about those yeah. ones. I wasn't really big on the required reading in school. Those were usually the books I didn't like, but the ones that I did, I wanted my kids to be able to read too. We did a lot of, like, it was really popular when I was in elementary school to read the um, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, yeah. Yes. And they were, so, they were like, crazy. Aiden's into those right now. They've got some I, really good ones out now. Mm-hmm. I have, oh, we have, like, a whole set that we bought for Zach because oh, yeah. they're so much fun. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's different. Every You know, every you time. can read it multiple times and it'll yeah. be different every time. And you flip to the back and try to see. <laughs> That's right. You always and you can't. can't. How do I get to this ending? Yeah. yeah. You're like, I like this one the best. Let's see where I can yeah. go. Yeah. And um, I read, you were saying you read Goosebumps. Did you ever read any uh, Fear Street? Fear Street. You read so yes. many. I think I read like a hundred Fear Street. Scary Street. Stories yes. to Tell in the Dark. Oh, my oh, gosh. Did all the... Oh, we're gonna, but we're going to talk about this. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, when, and so you're saying, when did you, you started reading more after college. So when really did you start reading more? Uh, I read, I had like a big gap in high school because high school, you know, so then it was, it was mainly like required reading up until I got into my twenties. Um, but in elementary up into middle school, I did a lot of reading, a lot of fictional, and then I transitioned out, uh, probably to nonfiction whenever I got older. So, um, I mean, that's, that's something I keep in mind whenever, like, uh, I, I think of my kids is to try to keep, keep their passion in for reading mm-hmm. and to read to them and things like that. I think we were going to talk about that too. Right? Mm-hmm. Here in a second. Yeah. Right. So when you, like, was it right after college that you started reading more or was it like? No, it may have been while I was in college because I remember I went to see the Fellowship of the Ring when it came out in the theaters and I had, I knew nothing about it. I don't know how I never knew anything about it. And at the end of the movie, I was at the edge of my seat in the movie theater staring at Sam and Frodo looking over this valley and then the other ones are going off on their little trek. And I was like, you can't end the movie this way. So I immediately went and bought The Two Towers and The Return of the King the next day and read them because I couldn't wait for the movies. And then once that was done, I went and bought The Hobbit and read The Hobbit. And so that's kind of, I mean, I kind of started reading again then. So really about 19, 20, not, not long out of high school, I started reading again. <laughs> I'm, Yeah. It sounded like you said 1920. 1920, like the yes. year. Back, back when, you know. <laughs> I love that. That was a good decade. Yeah, that was a good decade. All the flappers. 
<laughs> okay. So as a parent now, how do you get your kids to read? Mine just want to. Well, how did, how did you develop that want? I, I think monkey see monkey do. Okay. Um, in the summertime, I have to sometimes force them to, like, I have to say, you have to read 20 minutes before you can get on the video games. Um, but then they see me reading all the time. Like we go to the pool and I'm reading, we go anywhere where I have to sit. I'll usually take a book. Um, Keely didn't really want to read much when in first grade, when they first started and I was a little concerned, but now she loves to read. So I think the fact that they see me read probably helps and we live right by a library mm -hmm. and I'm always telling them how much, how, how reading is so important to all aspects of learning. Right. I think it's because my wife is pretty amazing when it comes to books. So yeah. we go with the uh, the volume method. So when you see a lot of books around and not so many options as far as getting on screens, <laughs> yes. then you kind of just pick up what's, what's around. So mm -hmm. they see a lot of books always that are just laying around. So they'll pick one up and do a little story time and they'll read to each other. And that's when they have the most fun is being yes. able to speak. So being a speech teacher is fun because then I can help them with like the voices and I can help them with like their characters and things like that. And so when I read a story to them, they really enjoy it. And so just making a time of it to be able to just hang out and have fun. If you kind of incorporate all that and, um, and get them to own up, own to the, own into the characters and things like that, mm -hmm. then they enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and you were saying your wife is pretty amazing about that. I mean, I think your wife is just pretty amazing to begin with. She like, is. She's pretty awesome. She is so. pretty awesome. Um, but she's also a librarian, so yeah, it's going to so. be focused towards books too. So. <laughs> that also <really> helps. <laughs> that helps with the reading And it costs. also helps like with, you know, with my husband also having a degree in English. Yep. And so we've just always had books everywhere, always. It's mm. just like a second nature. Yeah, I don't have another reader at home. My husband used to joke that the only book he ever read was Hatchet. But I got him to read Abraham Lincoln by Vampire Hunter. Nice. Yes. So, which is a good one. It kind of goes with the theme. It does. It does. does. Okay. So we're going to step into that now. In the spirit of Halloween, what is your favorite kids book that's a scary, spooky, or Halloween based? Like a kid, like a kids book that your kids you would allow your kid. Well, I mean, maybe not not so much Aiden because he can get kind of into the more spooky things now. But yeah. Like a little bit younger. Scary stories to tell yeah. in the dark. Oh my gosh, they're so good. <laughs> he checked those. He checked that out and he thought it was awesome. Those were so popular when we were in school. Oh, yeah. Like, they could never keep them on the shelves yes. in elementary school. How old was he when he got those? This year. This oh, year. so 11. Okay. okay. 11. Okay. Because we are just now broaching like, that that arena mm -hmm. there and we're trying to we're trying to figure out what Well, is have you read it lately? Scary? Mm -mm. Okay, so I reread it with him. Like I, I glanced through it when he checked it out. It's really not that scary. That's no, <laughs> but when we were but like, I know. I 10, remember when I was a yeah. kid that those they were such good stories, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, well, with that movie coming silly. out, or well, with the movie out. being out, uh, it's it's kind of research. And there are like, how many are there? Like four or five of them. I know like there are three. Three volumes. I, I knew okay. a three. Yeah. Okay. And it was like scary stories to tell in the dark and then more, more scary yeah. stories to tell in the dark. Even more and then or something even like more that. Or yeah. Something. yeah. And they were the, and I'll tell you that I actually did see the movie. I don't know if you guys saw uh, it. I, I actually did see the movie and it did a pretty good job. Now it was, there were parts of it that I was like, because it's, more, really like good. Final, it's <laughs> more like final scary. destination and how they're doing that. Right. Yeah. Like you have to stop the stories from happening or something mm -hmm. like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the one they did with the scarecrow called Harold mm -hmm. was 
uh, like I remember when, cause my sister and I went and saw it and we were watching it in the theater and she's like, Oh my gosh, what is, isn't this a PG 13 movie? And when it happened, I was like, Oh yeah, that's how this story ends. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's trying to like read yeah. those books, go get the, book. the movie, go, yeah. go get the book and you can figure it out. But how it's, it's about a scarecrow because mm-hmm. Harold was the scarecrow mm-hmm. yeah. and he like chases him in the cornfield, which is absolutely right. terrifying. Oh, to right. Yeah. Like being in a cornfield at night, absolutely terrifying. Being in the cornfield at night with the creepy scarecrow, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out. Like, yeah. I can't. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. Um, what about you? Scary stories for children, for little, for littles. So there was one that we did for um, for Jacob when he was a toddler. And uh, it was uh, called Go Away, Scary Monster. And you, like, kind of flip through. And as as you flip through, like, the monster kind of forms. And then you kind of take it away and flip through even further and the monster kind of goes away. So you tell the monster to go away during it. That was probably good for like a baby baby. Um, and then, I mean, the, the Goosebumps books are kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, he really likes um, the puppet Slappy. Like, he, <laughs> oh, and So God, they've got no. like a whole series for Slappy. Uh, and so he's just really been into that. So like the puppet thing, I don't know. But but like the, the Goosebumps books, I say, would, would be very good for for kids and we, mm-hmm. we enjoy those so we that uh luke got a copy of spookly the square pumpkin yes the, have you do you know them about mm-hmm. that one? i don't it's about like this pumpkin he's not round he's square oh. and then they kind of like i think they like tease him because he's because he's different. a square mm-hmm. because yeah. he's different and then in the end he has all these pumpkin friends who are all different shapes they're like triangles and all of that it's so cute and um the Aubrey Education Foundation actually donated those books over to the over to Early Bird, Bird. Oh, and it was so cute. Like he got to take one home, and he was like, "Look at my new book! It's about a pumpkin." And I was like, "That's great!" And then <laughs> he loves this one called Monster Trucks because if you guys know my kid, he's like obsessed with cars, uh-huh. and so he loves monster trucks. And um, like it's all about like there's this little blue bus that comes out onto the monster tr- monster track monster truck track. And there's like a vampire one and there's a, like a um, like a werewolf one and a vampire one and all of that kind of stuff. And it's it's so cute. He just loves it. It's a good little, it's a good little story. I like yeah. it. He, we read it like. And there are monster time. trucks. So yeah, they're big monster like... trucks. And so they're like monster monster yeah. trucks. And then there's like the little blue bus. And at the end, it's a monster too. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. There's also one with um, Grover. Uh, called oh. the monster at the end of this yes, book. Yes, we have the monster that, at the that end That is of this so book. fun to it's read. It's so cute. Because it's kind of interactive and you have a part where you're like, you know, Grover's trying to hold the book together. And mm-hmm. and if you have a kid that'll turn the page, then, you know, you're breaking like his little wall that he's trying to make. So it's really adorable. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, that's, that's a, a fun one. one. Okay. So we're going to move on to the ones about the scary books that you have read as an adult. So what is the scariest book that you read as an adult or which ones do you like the best? It. That book. Have you actually finished I've, it? I've yes. never you read it. all of it. It freaked me out. Well, yeah. And then there's also the stand. So I am that's yes. my that's my goal. I want to read this. That was on the last podcast. I want to read the stand. That's my one of my life goals. The only Stephen King I've ever gotten through is um uh Doppelgangers. Okay. I've never read that one. I haven't read that. That that one's it's basically you kind of have clones. Oh, you know, that that makes sense. Yeah. There's one by Dean Coons called Intensity. And have you read that one? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, Dean Coons is kind of similar to Stephen King. Right. And um, it's about a family that get trapped on an RV 
by these crazy people. I don't want to ruin it, but mm-hmm. it's it's pretty intense. I mean, it's called it intensity. Is. Intensity, yeah. So, yeah, the, that's one of the a fiction one. So kind of the same. Yeah. I, I've never read it, but it's it's freaky. I have not. So I have not been able to um, pick up and read Children of the Corn, but it's I know the story. movie like freaked me out so like the, oh, the story yeah. wouldn't i don't think i'd <laughs> yeah, be down with that yeah because like the the cornfield thing that mm-hmm. i still i don't know if i could like do a night walk through. never just never go to iowa you'll be okay right i'll stay away from, stay the away from iowa altogether the Midwest for many reasons yes. but that'll be one so when i was in high school i read the shining Mm. And it is still to this day like the most terrifying book I've ever read. Did you have to put it in the freezer? I did. <laughs> I should have. There were times that I was like, I can't do this right now. And I would, I, I should have put it in the freezer. But I think I slept with my light on for a week because mm. I was so scared. Um, it's the psychological thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so terrifying. And it's not even like, it's not like it where you have that like character. It's like you have a hotel as a character and it's just, it's right. like crazy. Um I also like the long walk by Stephen King. And it's, again, it's one of those psychological thrillers where they're on, they're in this competition and whatever they, when, if they win, they win whatever their heart desires. And they have to walk and they start in Maine, of course, because that's a Stephen King book. Right. And they go, they're walking to Georgia. And it's like, if they fall below four miles an hour, they get three warnings. And on the third one, they shoot them. Hmm. Yeah. And it's like 50 boys between the ages of like 16 and 20. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. It was a great book, but it's a crazy book. I've always wanted to check out Salem's Lot too. I still haven't, yeah. I haven't read that, but I've, I've seen like a lot of mini series, but I haven't, I haven't read the books yet. Mm-hmm. Those are, um, those are freaky books. I have, a, I have a hard time reading them after I see it because I feel like mm-hmm. it ruins it for me because then I'm just seeing whoever made the film as I'm reading it, I'm seeing their idea because that's what I can relate it to. And I thought I would have a problem with that with The Shining. But The Shining, the movie, and the book are so different. Really? Yes. Okay. So different that um, now the concepts are there and stuff yeah. like that. And the characterization is there of, like, Jack Torrance and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's so much longer. Like, of course, Stanley Kubrick did a weird job. <laughs> he, did a, he did a decent job with what he could. But um, – it, the book was so much more in depth and that was what was so much more terrifying was the parts that weren't in the movie. Mm. Okay. Um, what about, do you prefer, prefer more science fiction and supernatural for your scary fix or more nonfiction? Probably. I'd probably go with like the, the sci-fi supernatural stuff just cause like, you have a, a lot more room to be able to interpret what could be, and you could misconstrue that as maybe taking that into reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, nonfiction, I mean, for me, it's it's scary. Like, the ideas are scary to know that they happen, but at the same time, you know, you, you're only going to go, like, so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, can, I agree. I like the sci-fi supernatural just because I want I like the – expansion that you can take upon it. Whereas I feel like the nonfiction has an ending and it's done. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't enjoy it, but I would rather read a supernatural science fiction, fictiony type of book. Are there, is there a specific like type of science fiction or supernatural that really like gets you? 
like ghosts or goblins or like? So probably the ones that skirt along that edge of do we really know, mm-hmm. can we really mm-hmm. tell, like that paranormal sort of feel mm-hmm. um, would, would probably be what what would freak me out. So if you look at like something like The Exorcism and, you know, you take something that's like a story based on something that's happened mm-hmm. and then look at it as a possibility. And and so when you can kind of skirt that line, I think that's that's the scariest probably for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I well, agree. Which part? Well, well, you, no, I, the, I agree like, because can... I, I have a fear of the unknown anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like to not. I don't like surprises. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like to ride in the back seat of a vehicle because I want to be looking out the windshield. So that when you don't know what it is and there's no logical explanation, like I want to be able to explain things away. And that's that math part of your brain. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to have, I want to be able to list it out in an orderly fashion. <laughs> and so that's what gets me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you that I don't like things that are set in space for some reason. Those, those <laughs> scare me the most. Stop laughing at me. Like, the, it's like anything that is set in outer space because it's there, there's so much there. It's the idea that it's like this infinite space, this, mm-hmm. The also the idea of the unknown. You don't really know what's out there. Yeah. You don't really know what's hunting you. And it could be anything and it could be nothing. Right. And I always like, that was like horror movies and stuff growing up. If they took place in space, I'm going to be terrified of them. I don't know. It's just that. Was, so did you watch the new, um, oh, what's it called? The the remake from the six, Danger Will Robinson. Yes, I did. The Netflix but it wasn't, one. But it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. Me, or, not, not really. Lost no. in Space. Lost in Space. Lost in space. Yes. No, I liked it. I liked it. No, I'm talking like movies like. But it's like you didn't know what that robot was. Yeah. Like, that that was like. Where did he come from? But um, no, I'm talking like. What's like that movie called? Gravity. <laughs> You're like no, screaming. Like, and nobody, can <laughs> nobody can hear you. Um, no, there's a very specific one for life. I mean, I can't think of it right now. because That's I'm, space-based. Yeah. Because one, I know we're supposed to be talking books, but The Abyss. Mm-hmm. When I was a yeah, kid. the ab- stuff. I like mean, that's that, under that, the sea. Yeah, but what is it? Me. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Scares Just like me. those, uh, like the John Carpenter books. Those were really freaky because like, they yeah. would always happen. Yeah, stuff. yeah. And he would, he'd have like all kinds of. There was one about like a ship that that goes into another dimension and comes back. That's and the one up. I'm talking. That's yes, but I can't. Oh, they made a movie out of that. Yeah, I know, but what is it? What is ghost it? I can't. No, but I love Ghost Ship. Yeah, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. That movie terrifies me. Yes, terrifies me. I have a copy of it and everything, and I am like, look, there it is. I'm never going to watch it again because it terrifies <laughs> me. And so, Event Horizon. Yes, okay. that's the one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's keep going. Um, let's talk urban legends really quick. Do we know of any local urban legends? I've been to Goatman's Bridge. I've been to Goatman's Bridge. Have yeah, you ever been to Goatman's Bridge? I haven't, but I know about it. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, I'm from Gainesville. We have Twin Bridges Road, which is supposed, supposed to be like the same thing. Kind of like a bridge. A, yeah. yeah. But I, again, I never went. So, I think like, Denton went. has a couple. I think, like, I, I tried to test this out one time, but now it's so populated in the courthouse. Like, there's supposed to be, like, noises and stuff that go off at night in like the courthouse. Like in the, in the one on the square? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, the, the original Denton courthouse because, you know, things it's happened. And, mm-hmm. um, and there's also, and I've never, I, I apologize, I've never been here, but the Bayless Selby Museum. I haven't been in there, but it's supposed to have like a haunted area too. Hmm. So I've never been in there either. Yeah, yeah, but well, and UNT supposedly it's has, just freaky. has a bunch of haunted areas. Like Bruce Hall is supposed to be haunted. 
at UNT. I don't know. People have done like ghost hunting there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they've ever found anything, but I remember I had friends in college who used to talk about it and they'd be like, yeah, Bruce Hall. And, um, a friend of mine works in the library and he said that part of the library, I believe is also haunted. And, uh, but he's never, no, there's just kids snoring in there. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like I, there are places that did you ever, you didn't go to UNT. I know. At I all. went to TVU. Okay. So um, in the auditorium building at UNT, that's where I basically lived when I went there. And um, they have a basement in the building. Basements in Texas are just weird anyway. Well, right. Okay. So, so that's asking for trouble. This basement used to be where they housed all of the uh, like fellows and all of the, um, the odd fellows. <laughs> yes. And all, like the interns and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, the adjuncts and stuff like that, they used to all be down there. And then, um, they realized that it was built very poorly and it leaked every time it rained, it like flooded. And so they had torn like a big part of it out. And one night, cause I worked in the auditorium building too. And one night after work, my cousin and I went down there and he was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way in and I'm going to go around the corner. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm like, it's 10 o'clock at night. It had been raining. The floor was all wet. I was like, okay, I'll stay right here. I'm going to just wait for you. Please come back in one piece because I don't want to have to come find you. And he was like, okay. And of course, like in the auditorium, there's a there's an organ, like a big giant organ, like right. a 15th century organ. And people play it all hours of the day. So not only that, there's this like creepy organ music playing at 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, and I was like, this is how we die. This is it. Yeah. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to have to tell my, I was like, I'm going to have to tell my aunt that this is what happened. And, um, we like, of course he like went over there and there were lights up until a point and then it's dark. Once you turn the corner, it's dark and it's like a big hole basically. And he says he walked, he said he walked all the way over to the other side where there's a door that goes down. It's this old like wooden rickety door. It looks real shady on the outside. And you're like, that's, that's where they keep you know, all the crazy. I don't know. It's like, it looks bad on the outside too. And so I was like, okay, it's, it's fine. So he eventually comes back and he's like, no, nah, it's just dark. And I was like, okay, let's, let's leave now, please. Let's leave. So I to just go. Yeah. And I just haunted or not. No, I, it was so creepy. I was like, no, thanks. And, but UNT has like some places I just didn't want to be part of it, you know? And that's what was my fear was. I was gonna be like, oh, they're going to be telling this story one day. Um, so which urban legend is your favorite? Like of all the urban legends that went back. So I got this book in the library called The Vanishing Hitchhiker, American Urban Legends and Their Meanings um, from our library. And I was like kind of flipping through it and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So which one like urban legends that you heard when you were growing up was your favorite? I think, you know, as a as a kid, we tried the whole Bloody Mary Oh, yeah. And then the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And we swore it worked. We did. We did. We swore it mm-hmm. worked. And then the whole um, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. Oh, you came off the crown. <laughs> um, so those are the ones that I, and Ouija boards. Those are the ones I remember as a kid that I knew about the most. Yeah. Bass stole all mine except <laughs> for we swore up and down. I grew up in Houston. We swore up and down that. There was actually a man in our neighborhood that had a hook for a hand that oh, would, hook, yeah, hook man. yeah, that would hook come man. out and oh, like, yeah. so because every every small town has like 
a hookman and a goat man or some, some type of man, yeah some, sort of, some yeah, type Slender of haunted, man is more of like a newer but yeah, some sort of haunt the yeah. mothman mm-hmm. you'll be abducted i like to always like the hookman ones because it was always like or the the have you checked the children the story yes. of the babysitter yes. so the thing that always freaked me out though and i i got nailed on this a couple times when i stayed at home by myself was the phone call from inside of the house. Yes, that's the babysitter one. Yeah, yes. and so like that always freaked me out. The idea of that, I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> no, just, that well because you're by yourself. Because nobody yeah. had bus- had any business calling you at home. Yeah, you were there by yourself. <laughs> yeah, you were there no, that's yourself. it. Is that I was I was an only child essentially, and so if I got a phone call and somebody was telling me they were inside my house, I was scared. <laughs> okay, um, what do you think people or why do you think people like being scared by movies and books. What is your take? What is your theory? So oh, I, go ahead. You want it? No, All right. Uh, I think, I think it's because we like rushes. Like we like mm-hmm. to feel a rush. Um, we either, we, we want adrenaline somehow. Mm-hmm. Some people go and work out. Some people like to just, get scared the removal from reality yeah Mm -hmm. like they like that escape yeah so that removal from reality they like they like to pretend that it's happening but in reality they're safe like they know it's not real yeah without actually putting themselves in danger and i guess that's true people like stories right so they like to be able to escape reality for a short amount of time whatever it is and so i think whether it's a haunted house or a book or a movie, they want to like remove themselves from reality. And if that means that they're going to be terrified for the next however long, so be it. They just want to be able to kind of escape for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just one way. And it's just kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what do you think about the obsession with serial killers and stuff like that? Nowadays, you guys <laughs> see, oh, like, I know what you think. <laughs> um, nowadays, the especially the high schoolers, are they, like, love it. They are obsessed with it. What do you think about that? Well, I'm, I'm, I've fallen into the trap. So, <laughs> Me too. Uh, I am intrigued by the, like, why do their minds work the way they do? Um, you know, why do they do the actions that the crimes that they commit, why do they do that? You know, two, two scary books that are nonfiction. I don't read much nonfiction, but I read um, Whoever Fights Monsters um, by Robert Ressler, or if you talk to Coach Ciano, Bob Ressler. Um, because he knows him personally. Because he knows him personally. <laughs> um, and then I've, I read Mindhunter before the show ever came out on Netflix by John Douglas. And both of those, you know, just to think of the things, part of it, I think, too, it helps me learn what not to do. Like how to protect yourself. Yes. Yeah. Like the things that, especially the profiling that they started coming up with, you know, these are the things that these people look for. Well, if I can help protect myself from becoming one of those, mm-hmm. that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because, I think it's because uh, crazy people are interesting. Yes. You know, they we, really are. we might be afraid of them. We might not want to be like buddies with some, but at the same time, they are, they are very interesting to understand that someone would, go and do something or be so methodical or to be so intelligent, obsessive and just persistent about the thing that they want. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's something that draws you to that person that, that you respect them while at the same time you can kind of keep a distance from them and say, 
while they're nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, and the idea that like, it's so like you were saying that how the mind works, mm-hmm. it's so interesting that these people would go through like this. And, um, we did a whole thing last year with nonfiction on, you know, true crime in my class. And we listened to a podcast called criminal. So plug for criminal. There you go. It's really great. You guys. And, um, we talked about psychopathy and the ideas like behind it and like the psychopath test and the different things that like, you know, and it was just, it was just fascinating. Mm -hmm. And the idea of how their, their mind works and what they don't feel, what they don't feel. Right. Right. The the absence. Yeah. I think especially at the high school level, kids are so used to just feeling and acting on those feelings so quickly that to see someone being able to not only hold it in or not feel that emotion, but to do it for a length of time and have that kind of patience and persistence to be able to carry out these serial murders, mm-hmm. that that's something that just fascinates them. Absolutely. All right. Last question is, what other genres do you enjoy reading? Besides, of course, horror. I'm a sucker for young adult I just like the escape. They're easy reads, especially in the school, during the school year when I don't have a whole lot of time. So I don't want to have to think too much about what I'm reading, mm-hmm. but I still want that escape. I still want to read. Um, I'll check out, you know, just teen reads. Yeah. So I still, I like biographies uh, as far as nonfiction goes. Uh, if I have like any sort of like guilty pleasures, it's going to be like Dan Brown books. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like Dan Brown books. <laughs> I've always liked them. Yeah. I'm a big mystery person. I like being oh, able that, to piece it together. Anything that's like puzzle oriented. Yes. That's anything great. that's like, okay, what can you like? And then it takes a left turn. And you're like, yeah, and you're whoa. Like, what? No way. And then you're like, but it makes sense. Yeah. You're like, as long as it can seen make it. sense. You're like, <laughs> but I should have seen that. Why yeah. didn't I see that? Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. And um, we're about to read. And then there were none, which is my favorite. And so I'm excited. I just watched that Doctor Who episode. Oh, it's my, oh, I love that <laughs> I love that episode. The one with Agatha Christie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much to our amazing guests today. You guys have been great. This has been an episode of Books with with Bradford. Come back next time to hear some more inspired readers and lovers of books. And always remember to be excellent to each other. (laughs) 